listening matters. We all know what it's like to experience when somebody's not really listening to us. You know what I'm talking about. You're, you're sharing about your day, you're, you're sharing your heart, and the other person is just not listening. Their, their mind is somewhere else. They're, they're running through their to-do list or they're thinking about what they're going to say next. We all know the feeling when somebody's not listening. And if we're honest with ourselves, we also know what it's like when we're not really listening, when we're not really tuned in. I've been guilty this last year being on many different Zoom calls of being present, but not really present. But listening matters. When we truly listen to someone else, we extend dignity to them. The gift of being present with our ears, with our full attention, it matters in this world. I, I think back to when I was in third grade. All throughout my childhood, I struggled with a pretty severe speech impediment. I, I still have a little bit of a lisp today. I slur my S's. It's, it's hard for me to say certain words or phrases. It's even hard for me to say Jesus at times. I think that's God's great sense of humor, right? I have to say the word Jesus all the time. But when I was a kid, um, speaking was difficult. It, it wasn't easy for me. And so from a very early age, my parents got me involved in speech therapy, private lessons and through the school to really help me uh, develop the ability to communicate effectively. And all of that became really apparent that I needed additional help. When one day after school, my mother was going through my backpack and she was pulling out my lunchbox and my thermos and, and she pulled out a notepad and she found on this notepad a bunch of random words that were written down, random thoughts and sentences. She said, honey, wh what is this? And I went on to explain to her that my teacher now for a few weeks was making me write down any questions I had or any, any answers, um, and that I was no longer allowed in the classroom to raise my hand because the teacher couldn't understand me. My mom was furious, as you can imagine. It was the very last thing that a third grader needs is to have to write things down. Who already struggles with speech? Um, my mom was afraid and went down to the school and got it all settled and you know, as I've reflected on that, as I've grown older, it wasn't right what the teacher was making me do, singling me out from the other students, not allowing me to speak in the classroom, but to write things down. But as I reflect on that, I think that um, my teacher was probably uh, dealing with the pressures of her classroom, of needing to stay on her agenda, and in order to really slow down and listen to this student, me, she would have to suspend her agenda for the moment to take more time. Because honestly, I was one of those students who raised my hand all the time. Uh, I, was, I was very engaged in the classroom and I probably interrupted the classroom a, a whole lot. The idea of needing to suspend our agenda to listen to somebody else. It, it follows us throughout our life. I think about that now in relationship to my own son, Noah, who's four years old. Noah has sort of a speech um, impediment. 
not the same as mine, but unique to him. And Noah will probably have lots of speech therapy just like I did. And I'm guilty as a parent from time to time now of, of rushing through my own agenda as Noah wants to tell me something really important. And, and it requires me to suspend my own agenda. I might have a basket of laundry in my hands and I'm headed up the stairs or the baby's crying in the next room, but Noah really wants to tell me something. And if you interrupt him when he's telling you, he has to start over from the beginning and, and you really have to get down on Noah's level and be patient as he, he fits and he starts and he stops over the words that he's trying to express. But I've learned as his dad that listening matters listening to what Noah wants to share with me about his day or about uh, what his mind is thinking of is, is so important for his four-year-old brain and for our relationship. And just like my teacher in third grade and just like me as a parent and probably just like you now, you're mindful of those times when you need to suspend your agenda, you need to slow down your own plans so that you can actually listen to somebody else. When you do that, you not only extend dignity, but you actually might learn something. You might actually grow. It makes me think of Mark chapter 9, this week's gospel. It's a very familiar story for those of us in the church. It's the story of transfiguration. We're told that Jesus led three of his disciples up onto the mountain, and it was there on the mountaintop that Jesus was transfigured before them. Now, often we interchange these words of transformation and transfiguration, but they're, they're two different concepts. To be transformed is to be totally changed from the inside out. To be transfigured is for your outward appearance to look different. The disciples here on the mountaintop experience the transfiguration of Jesus. Jesus hasn't changed. Jesus has always been who Jesus was, fully God, fully man, Messiah, King of kings, Lord of lords. But here on the mountaintop, the outward appearance reflecting the inward being of Christ is revealed to the disciples. It's a magical moment there with Elijah and Moses, the law and the prophets represented. And Peter, one of the disciples, jumps into action. Peter has his own agenda his own thoughts about what should happen on that mountaintop. He says, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Let's, let's get to work. Let's build three dwelling places, one for you, Moses, and Elijah. Let's stay on the mountaintop. And in that moment, Peter's agenda is suspended by God. We're told in other accounts that a great fog uh, comes over the mountaintop where the, the, the actual physical senses for the disciples is taken away from them and a voice, a voice cries out, this is my son, the beloved, listen to him. Listen to his voice. And in Mark's gospel, the very next thing that happens is we're told Jesus and the disciples are just walking down the mountain. In one moment, Peter is jumping to action. He's devising plans. He's interrupting the conversation 
between Jesus, Moses, and Elijah with his own thought of what should happen next. The voice cries out, listen to him. And the next thing we know, they're headed down the mountain. It's this moment of suspending his own agenda that I think Peter and the other disciples are reminded of the importance of listening, of not devising their own plans, but of truly following. It makes me think that it's really hard in our life to follow Jesus, to follow God, if we can't hear God's voice. Jesus had been trying to tell them something for quite a while. The passage in Mark chapter 9 begins with, and six days later, they went up the mountain. Well, what happened six days before? Well, Peter confesses Jesus as the Messiah, but then Jesus begins to tell Peter and the disciples about his suffering and his death. Jesus, all along through Mark's gospel, has been telling them about the suffering that he will endure, that he will die, and three days later he will rise from the grave. But he doesn't have ears to hear it. Peter, all along, hasn't suspended his own agenda. There are moments in our lives when I do think God grabs our attention. There are moments every day, if we will have eyes to see them, when God is is breaking into our world to remind us that we need to let go of our own agenda in order to hear once again, to be obedient, to listen for the voice of Christ who is who is trying to lead us and guide us into the path of real, abundant life, which is often a path through suffering, through pain, into hardship, into the frailty of of real human experience in order to find resurrection and hope and life on the other side. This Lent at Prince of Peace, we're focusing communally on this theme of wanting to have ears to hear that voice of God. We live in a world with so many competing voices, so many messages, whether they're internal inside of us or they're they're from someone else that, that captivate our attention. This Lent, we're headed on a journey to really listen once again for the voice of Christ, calling out and reminding us of what matters most. This week, as we prepare for the start of this new season of Lent, as we head into Ash Wednesday and the first Sunday in Lent, I invite you to slow down, to create space in your own life. Maybe it's just five minutes in the morning or a few moments at the end of the day to quiet your own mind, to suspend your own thinking, your own scheming, your own devising, to sit in the silence, to be obedient to the act of listening. And together this Lent, through our journey groups that we'll meet throughout the week and the resources we've created, the interviews and and our worship, together we're going to discern what it means to listen for the promises of God, which invite us into a journey that we would never choose for ourselves, but when we are obedient to that path, we discover real life, abundant life, a far greater life than we could ever imagine on our own.
So this Lent, as we journey together, may we have ears to hear. Ears to hear the promises of God calling out, reminding us that we are beloved. Cling to your faith in the crucified and risen Lord. God loves each of you, and I do too. Amen.